All right, now we're recording. Well, here we go. Welcome, everybody, to Ground Beneath Grace. I'm Jonathan Thomas. I'm Joey Walter. And we are back again for another episode. Believe it or not. (laughs) Or not. We just keep showing up, and that's what we're going to do. But do listeners... Yes, they do. Okay. I think I saw the other time we, there were at least two listens. And I'm just going to give a little shout out to Aaron, who I know has listened to several of these. And so, Aaron, thank you. <laughs> this episode is for you. <laughs> it is. How about that? Because this episode is about love. And we just love those who listen to this podcast. Um, and so it's just a, it, it's a bit of a love I think for us too, because Mm -hmm. we get to talk about some things that um, I think are worth talking about. Maybe that other people want to talk about. And so just to get here and um, uh, share this, I I think the one thing though, I mean, can we put, can we announce on the podcast kind of what's coming up? We haven't, we haven't announced the podcast uh, audience. Aaron, don't tell anyone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So just between us. Yeah. We're, yeah, we are going to. It was kind of creepy, wasn't it? <laughs> Just a little bit. Sorry, Aaron. We don't know each other, but I feel like I do know you. And... Um, we are going to be taking this across the country, mm-hmm. and uh, so what we're doing is we're sending Joey actually across the country, <laughs> special correspondent. Yeah, so out on assignment, permanent assignment, permanent assignment. Uh, no, so Joey has accepted an offer for a college that is in Florida. Um, terribly bummed about that because now I have to learn technology of how to record over <laughs> Zoom. Zoom. Good plug for Zoom, though. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we'll Zoom get them to be a sponsor. Sponsor us? That'd be great. What's your audience capacity? Yeah. Well, sponsor. yeah. <laughs> Joey's pointing at a special soda or a drink that he has that it's he brings on a keto. It's not alcoholic. It's not alcoholic, but yeah. it gives you energy. It gives you. This one doesn't give you wings, though. It doesn't give you wings, but it gives you all kinds of vitamins. Okay, well, I'm not so sure. Mm. Jury's still out on that. Mm. So we are, I will miss having Joey sit across from me in these fun conversations, but he'll be sitting across in a screen and we'll still be able to have these conversations. Very social distanced. Very. Well, we're taking it to a new level. Mm -hmm. You go to this state. (laughs) You go to this corner of the country and I'll stay in this other corner. (laughs) I don't know. What is it? 3,000, 4,000 miles? Uh, 2,400. 24. Okay. I my, my miles of whole United States, I just like, is it in Europe? Is that where I just put you in the middle of the Atlantic? <laughs> the Caribbean. <laughs> um, so we know that Joey's going to be making uh, a little bit of some changes. And so we hope we can still connect. He will actually probably be doing not much. So except for coming up with a lot of topics for us to talk about and I'll get the email and then we'll just move from there. So there go. that is what is happening at the ground beneath graced, uh, grace, 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 <laughs> um, staff, our staff or the, the stars of the ground beneath grace the well, stars. <laughs> now, now I feel pressure. Well, it's cause we have the face for podcasting. So faces for that. Um, yeah, so glad that you guys joined us. Um, we'll put a little time stamp in here so you can get past all of this jibber-jabber at the front side and uh, get on with our conversation. Tonight or today, wherever you're joining us at and whenever you are, 
we thought we would talk about love. And I kind of leaned into this one a little bit because um, when this airs, it will be again in our Advent season, the last week, and it focuses specifically on love. And what's love got to do with it? I mean, it's it's a secondhand emotion. So many songs that came to my mind. Love me tender, love me. And then I thought we agreed you weren't going to do that. (laughs) I always trying to get breakthrough into radio or something like that or music. What's your favorite song, Aaron? Yeah. (laughs) Aaron is going to get a lot of highlights on this reel. So, um, so much of the world, um, I think talks about love, but at least in our culture in American culture, it's a little bit of a challenge. We have love used an awful lot. We can love our dishwashing detergent or even our dishwasher or whatever it is. And we can love our dog and we can love going on vacation. We can love our children and we love our wife or our spouse. Uh, And yet we know that if we say that we love our spouse, like we love Tide soap, um, the locks get changed at the house (laughs) (laughs) or something like that. And uh, and yet, so we know there's a difference. We kind of speak into that. We have to listen uh, a little closer. But, you know, Scripture, the Bible talks a lot about love. And we do have, again, an ancient language that kind of helps us a bit and break that down, um, especially in the Greek. There are four different types of love used typically. Um, there was uh, eros, which is a romantic love, and um, there is... Um, uh, Uh, phileo, which is like a a friendship, brotherly love. Storge, I think, is a compassionate um, feeling love for something. And then agape, which is, I think, the the lion's share of the times that it's used in Scripture. And that is, um, as one of my old Bible teachers long ago in high school at church, he defined it in this way. And it is a love that is always acting in the best interest of, of the object loved. And I think that's fair. I think it's fair to kind of say it that way. The The scripture would say, you know, it's unconditional love um, or, or other definitions would say unconditional love. And, and that's also fair. But I appreciated kind of the definition that was given to me because whatever that is, you know, you, it, you're always acting in the best interest of that thing. And it could be God. It could be a lot of other stuff. You're all, but to have this unconditional love um, acting in the best interest of, you know, I think that's where we see God acts in the best interest of his creation, uh, you and I. And so there are a lot of Bible verses about this, but there are differences. Um, so I thought we'd just talk about that tonight. So Joey, what are some of your thoughts? I know you got some uh, Bible verses there. We can just kind of walk through some of these things that we've run amok into yeah i mean obviously love you know it's kind of the season other than valentine's day the made-up holiday um but no i mean i think i think this and easter i think it's a good time to reflect on um what jesus meant um what jesus did for us of course and so um yeah one of the verses that uh kind of jumped out at me was first corinthians 13 verse 13 um and now these three uh three things remain hope and love but the greatest of these is love 
And, you know, for me, I think especially now, not just with COVID, but just in our general times, I think it's just important to remember that Jesus did command us, and I've got some of those verses as well, but Jesus did actually command us to love one another. I think that's, and one of the verses I I just wrote down too, um, let's see here, sorry, Um, that's more about loving the Lord, but just how we treat each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones that he um, definitely talked about this is uh, John thirteen thirty four. Uh, Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So he says, love one another three times. In right that, in that verse it's how important it is or in those two verses 34 and 35 but it's how important it is um to show to show others i think i mean not i think christians and non-christians alike i think are guilty of this of um of judging instead of loving uh you may still show love but if there's someone that you disagree with it's almost like that you're supposed to hate them. You're not supposed to yeah. hate anyone uh, just because you disagree. Like we talked about a few episodes <laughs> yep. ago, it yep. is okay to disagree. Um, but that, you know, sometimes it's important, I think to disagree, but no matter what, you still show love. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to go up on the street and hug everyone because you'd get arrested probably, <laughs> but um, well, you and I would, for you, sure. know, you and I would too. Um, <laughs> uh, what was it Zach Galifianakis said? Uh, it's very hard to get a table for one when you look like him at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I wouldn't suggest necessarily doing that. But uh, but you can still show love. Um, and sometimes, to me, showing love is just not showing hate. Like when society says that you should hate someone because they're different from you or they're, uh, they dress differently or they have different beliefs or they have no beliefs then you're supposed to hate them. And Jesus is saying you're showing his likeness when you love one another, even when you're not supposed to yeah. by society standards. So I think that's just super important now, uh, especially in the times that we're in is just uh, kindness. Like, you know, like we talked about last week, but you know, showing a little kindness is a way of showing love as well. So, yeah, exactly. And, Again, when Jesus is talking about this, you know, um, he's not saying like love like friends. He's calling this higher love in the original Greek. And, you know, you can look this up uh, on the Internet if you don't have it. And it's a um, some sometimes they'll give you like, here's the Greek word. And then they'll parse that down into English. And so you can see this and a little more clearly and go, oh, that's what this word is. And and start seeing some of the differences they talk about. And there is a difference. Um, talk about that maybe just here in just a moment uh, where the difference clearly shows up in the Greek language as opposed to when we read it in English. And, you know, this idea, you know, also John shares a story that, you know, greater love has no one uh, than this, that they lay their life down for their friends. And that's what Jesus did Mm -hmm. Um, and friends. But we also know like we're supposed to be that light for others. And if if we don't show love um, and you're right, I I just feel like sometimes we wrestle with that. We don't have compassion. We don't have 
any one of the four loves. And I'll just say in the four loves, if you want some more in-depth stuff, C.S. Lewis has a book, The Four Loves, and I would highly recommend that you read that or listen to it on audiobook. We won't discuss all of that here. But definitely just to take a better look in how we love our neighbor. I think sometimes people go, well, if you love someone, you'll discipline them. Right? So so now this is very interesting and culture-wise because when I was in Africa, we had a mini marriage seminar. So we were out in the bush. We were on the border of Congo. Congo was at that time having a lot of unrest and there was rebels burning things and you could see the smoke literally in the hills of where these folks were and it was unnerving already. But here we are in this little church and um, the men are there and the women and they sit in separate areas. It's their culture. And so the the, the preacher is speaking and he's translating what our minister, uh, the missionary is saying and kind of throughout this whole thing about showing love and respect, uh, the, the missionary says, so stand up if you promise not to hit your wife. Well, like all the American guys were like, yeah, I'm up, you know, it's an easy one. I'm just standing up and I'm looking at elders of this village church one was the youth minister that was there, a younger guy, and other of the 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 the, the elders, the mazay, um, they're struggling. They're like they're wiping their faces. They're like looking at each other. Like I just don't know if I could commit to this. And I'm like, what is the problem here? How could you like? What are you thinking? Like you just don't hit your wife. And so what we learned later was they go, well, we love our wives and we discipline those that we love. And hitting them is my discipline for them because I love them. If I don't hit them, I, how do I love them? Hmm. And I was like, I did not see that coming, <laughs> you know, at all. Right. And that perspective here in our culture, you know, I don't know how, you know, that kind of got to it, but that was literally their thought. And so we're like, okay, let's look at how Jesus says <laughs> you know, always acting in the best interest here doesn't mean that you physically abuse someone. But it's strange how people can manipulate, you know, these different types of things. We've seen love manipulated in lots of different ways. And I think that was one of them. But um, laying down your life, right? Jesus is like, this is something I call to. We see examples of love in the prodigal son story. You know, the father loved the son and welcomed him back. And so in our world today, though, I think it's just um, it's important and I think it's good news to look at these things about what does Scripture say about love and how can we lean into it? You referenced First Corinthians 13 mm-hmm. and uh, you brought you came right to the very end of that. First Corinthians 13, um, the scriptures typically read at weddings. Have you ever been to a wedding and heard love is patient, love, love is, is kind. kind and better yet? Eliminate the word love and put your name in there. <laughs> Joey is patient and kind. Joey does not envy or boast. I mean, we do. Yeah. So this verse is not a marriage verse at all. It's a community verse mm-hmm. uh, to a people. And we sort of funnel it away. And um, there, it couldn't be it can be applied into marriage. So don't get me wrong, but it is not a marriage Bible verse. 
And the next time you hear it at a wedding, you should stand up and say, I reject. This is not a marriage Bible verse. This is for the audience to sit here that when that couple is going through some difficult times, we're the ones to be patient. We're the ones to be kind. You know, we have talked about strains of, you know, um, parent and, and child. And, you know, sometimes, you know, my, you know, a mother or a father in relationship with their grown kids or however it goes. And we want to um, encourage them. This is talking to us. You know, we, it, it, it rejoices with truth. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. And sometimes you're like, uh-huh, see, told you so, <laughs> you know, we get there. No, no. And, and so you, these can be applied to um, that love marriage relationship, but I think it gets lost there. And then other people think, well, if I'm not married, this is not applying to me. And it absolutely does in the whole community of, people that we, um, look to, like you said, we might disagree with them and, um, yeah. How do we love them? How do we show compassion for that? So it does bear all things, hopes, all things. And, uh, the greatest of, um, faith, hope, and love is love. Um, do you have another Bible verse that's there? I do. Uh, this one is, um, it's kind of going into, I think it's a little bit more of the agape you were talking about, but uh, it's Romans 8, uh, verse 39. <clears throat> this is neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, for me, that's, I don't know, I think that's, for non-believers, I think that's where this type of thought would be difficult for them to to comprehend. It's still difficult for me to comprehend mm-hmm. that um, you don't have to be perfect for Jesus and, or God to love you, um, no matter what of past mistakes. And I think, you know, for me, I try to when I think about this verse, you know, I think about you know us having kids. Um, sometimes having kids is a struggle, but you know, there's nothing that that they could do that would make me stop loving them. Right. Um, and so I think that's, you know, that's important to remember, but that still pales in comparison to the love that God has for us. And so, um, I think that may be a, a part where like non-believers, you know, struggle. Like why would, why would someone love me or, or God love me? Uh, I don't deserve it. Or, you know, I've done all of these things. It doesn't matter. There's nothing that you can do. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, I think for, for me, when I look at the story of Christianity and I look at all these other, um, faith movements and, um, and I've studied quite a few of them. That's the one thing that stands uniquely out against, um, with Christianity towards other is this ridiculous love. Mm-hmm. And it's not about what I have to do to really, to uh, earn, it. earn it and mm. reach nirvana. Now, I will say there have been some Christian theological conversations that, you know, earn it. You know, you, what, what what must I do? You know, and and, and you kind of hear that a little bit in Scripture, and then we can really turn that into legalism, and, uh, well, here's what you have to do. Mm. There's a difference in relationship, and especially a love relationship like the agape one, and I've always looked at it, in, in through the lens of being a father with my kids, really, what, what does it take for your kids not to be your kids? Mm. 
Um, now I say that, and I've met some fathers and parents who they're like, they mess up. They're out of here. Right. Um, I have a hard time understanding that logic mm-hmm. a bit. Um, I can understand how you want to protect your home, but if my kid, the only thing that keeps me from, from them as a father is them refusing me. And I think that's a picture of kind of eternity in our relationship. Like God wants us and is pursuing us. He came through, you know, Jesus to reveal God to us, to reach out to him. And, and so that's the thing about Christianity is that God comes to us in Jesus and to reveal himself to us. And that's the thing, man, if my kids were lost, you bet I would be going to find them and I would search and I would go get them. And that's what I see in Christianity. That's what I see in the story of Jesus is that he's showing us relationship. Um, He's showing us this um, always acting in the best interest of this object love of us. He's bringing the agape to us. It's unconditional. He wants relationship uh, with all. And, um, And so when you see this scripture here, like you read, no, and all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. Um, You know, kind of in our recent tensions of politics, someone was like, oh, Jesus, please don't leave us. And I'm like, never. Like how it doesn't matter what happens in this moment of this time space of the United States history. You know, Jesus is, (laughs) he does not leave us. He's promised that he wouldn't leave us. Right gives us the helper, the Holy Spirit, because there's this relationship of love that he wants for us. And um, that's just so beautiful that we don't get it naturally. I don't. And so, but I look at this story of, of having kids and I'm very blessed to have my kids, you know, they're fantastic. And I look at like, what would it take? It would take an awful lot. But at the end of the day, they're still my kids and I love them tremendously. Um, yeah, so I love that. I love that Bible verse. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of how um, you know Scripture uses these words a little bit differently. And in John chapter twenty-one, um, we have the story where Jesus has gone to the cross. He, you know, resurrection. Um, you know, he appears to the twelve. We see this story in the in the other Gospels a little bit, and. And so then he um, is kind of going along the road and, and Peter uh, sees Jesus. He's on the shore. They're out there fishing. Peter sees them fishing and um, they're not doing very well. So this guy on the shore says, hey, put your nets on the other side. They catch a bunch of fish. And then Peter puts on his clothes. And I don't know what it was, but he puts on his clothes Then he jumps in the water and he swims over and Jesus has breakfast ready for him. And, um, so I'll just, uh, kind of read this here a little bit. Um, and I'm, and so what I'm doing is right now I'm, I'm looking at one of those where it shows the Greek and the English at the same time. And so this is going to be pretty much word for word of how the Greek is, uh, reading this. So it might sound a little bit strange. Um, so Jesus says uh, to them or says to them, Jesus, you know, come have breakfast. Um, 
but none of them dared ask who he was, <laughs> knowing that he is the Lord. So Jesus says, you know, come and take this bread, and, and he gives it to them and fish likewise. Now, John says this was the third time that he was revealed to them, uh, to the disciples, after he had been raised from the dead. So when they had finished, uh, Peter, um, Simon, son of John, Jesus says to him, do you love me more than these? And he, Peter, says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I dearly love you. And then Jesus says, feed the lambs of me. And then in verse 16, he says to him again, a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I dearly love you. He says to him, shepherd the sheep of me. And he says to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you dearly love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, all things you know, you know that I dearly love you. Says to him and to to Jesus, then says to him, feed the sheep of me. Now, we read that and we're reading the word love, 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 love. You hear Jesus says, do you love me? Peter says, yes, I love you. But there's a difference in this. And in the Greek, we catch a little bit of what's going on here. So at the beginning, Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me? And now it's interesting because Peter has denied Jesus three times, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus, uh, and this is beautiful because it's restoration. I think it would have been restoration for Judas had he, you know, not lost his life to suicide. Um, But here's Jesus with someone who's, you know, denied him three times. And so he's asking him this question, do you love me? So do you agape me? Do you put me above all things? Unconditionally, do you love me? But Peter answers Jesus and says, um, you know, I phileo you. I love you like a friend. I have a friendship love with you. Uh, so Jesus says, you know, then feed my sheep. And then the second time Jesus says, hey, do you agape me? And again, Peter, he goes, you know, I phileo you. Jesus is like, hey, do you unconditionally love me above all things? Am I the object of the love that you have? But Peter's that lower one. I'm a friend. I love you like a friend. And the third time is what really gets me is that then Jesus says, Peter, do you phileo me? And there's this pause. And I think Peter's just like, look, Lord, you, you know, all things, you know, I'm just, what am I going to say here? It actually is like, he was a little grieved, you know, Mm -hmm. that moment. And um, then he's like, you know, yeah, I, I, I phileo you. I, I love you like a friend. Now I could be wrong in this here, but the three times I think are kind of confirming, affirming like, Hey, I, three times you denied me, but three times you've given me this opportunity that you love me. And for whatever reason, I think Peter knows that he can, he's not at the agape because if he was, he's like, I would have done it back in the day, (laughs) you know, just a few days ago, I would have stood up for you and I didn't. Right. 
I, I obviously was thinking about myself. And yeah. so Jesus is like, Hey, I'm going to ask you again, because then I'm calling you to tend to my sheep, feed my sheep, you know, tend to them. And the third time though, um, to me is just amazing because Jesus hears and sees where Peter is. And instead of expecting Peter to come to him, I, I get it, Jesus. I've repented and I love you above all things. You're the most important unconditionally. I nailed it. And I'm going to say it right now. Jesus goes, Hey, and here's my interpretation. If you love me like a friend, that's where I'll meet you. And I feel like sometimes we don't take the step down. We think it always has to be at this super, you know, you better love Jesus with all your heart. And I'll rant on this because when I 28 years ago told my wife at the altar that I loved her with all my heart, I got to tell you now I did not love her with all my heart. (laughs) I loved her with a lot of other parts and things of my life, but, um, it was only after growing in relationship that start point, but man, today after the, you know, all of our children and, and the stories that we lived, my love is just incredibly a lot more. It's more agape. Um, but I just love the fact that, you know, Jesus meets people where they are, even if it's not where he is, he still comes to them. And that's what he does here with Peter. And I just, I love this idea that we get a glimpse into this to see that Peter's like, Oh boy, but Jesus is like, but I'm still here mm-hmm. and I'll meet you here. And he does that for you, for me, for anybody listening, you know, right now. And then still says to them, um, do something, feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. still get about the business. I'm with you. I'll meet you here. You're still a part of this kind of get on and get along this way. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I love that scripture. I love how it breaks it down into those words where we get a, a little bit better understanding of what Jesus does by meeting us where we are. Yeah. I'm mean, one of the, <clears throat> one of the passages that, um, you know, I think, you know, with Peter there, obviously when he denied, he was him and the other disciples were afraid for their lives that they were going to be crucified alongside yeah. him at that point. So, you know, I can kind of understand that, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, reading that passage to me, it's like, um, yeah, Jesus wants him at this level, but even if he's not, it's okay. It's not, doesn't mean it's not an all or nothing mm-hmm. type thing with him. Um, but you know, there are some scriptures that we'll read later that, you know, what, what, how you're supposed to love. But one of the passages that, that always, when I think of love, you know, other than obviously John three sixteen, um, you know, I'm thinking of when Jesus is being crucified Yeah. and the two others that are, that are on either side of him, you know, one is mocking him and the other one is like, no, this, this Jesus is, he's legit. He's the real thing. And you know, the immense, uh, pain that Jesus is in, not not to mention what he's gone through up leading up to this point with being uh, spat on and tortured and beaten, right? Uh, and not only in being in the but being in the midst of being crucified, and he still saves, you know, the thief that's being the one thief that's being crucified with him, yeah. right? and um, that you will, be, you know, tonight you will be with me in heaven. I, that to me, that's that's even more of an impact of the love that he shows to us than 
although John 3.16 is part of that. But it's just, to me, that just blows my mind that you can go through that. I mean, like if you, um, you know, if you walked up on someone who'd just been in a horrific car crash and you asked him a question, hey, can you do this for me? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, he's going through this. He's dying slowly and still, even though these other people are mocking him and um, everything, yelling at him, you know, I'm, that's how I picture the crucifixion is, um, you know, the Roman soldiers are there and making fun of him and, um, you know, he's thirsty, they give him vinegar drinking, but he's still saving people. Right. He's still bringing people into the kingdom. Uh, to me, that just, that blows me away. That, you know, that's the one that, really gets me emotional is thinking of that picturing that scene and how that played out. And, and that's, again, that's a, a great picture of God's love. His love was to, you know, again, act in our best interest to restore the way that it was intended to be. And I think some people, um, you know, maybe on the counter side, they would go like, well, what's a loving God that he would do all of this type of stuff. You know, there's people who get into this, pretty negative conversations, you know, if a loving God, you know, he would just end it all now, you know, and just, and, um, I'm like, no, I don't know that that's true. Right. I mean, if you're again, a loving parent and your kid does something or they suffer, you're like, well, this story's done, you know, let's just end it. There's so many challenges and tough stories that we know have brought about resilience and you know, greater things, you know, and my story, you know, even to what it looked like from one point to the beginning, you know, to, to, to now. Um, and so I'll also say, right. Um, we get lost in our definitions of love still compared to what God's love is. God's love is, you know, got quite the span where he can be on the cross and he sees something greater. If I'm there, I'm thinking about myself and whatever my loss or, how it goes, it's, it's temporary and God is eternal. And so I would just kind of say like, man, um, it's worth taking a look into the idea of what God shows as love. And I, that's a bit of the journey. I think to be a Christian is to really reach into this love. Now, again, I know there's people listening, Aaron, um, and, and, no and you and I, we all witness this in certain ways, you know, some people, you know, this is how I love it. And so discipline, this has got to be how it goes. Um, the scripture says, you know, that God, you know, he does love us and he does discipline us to grow us into mm. righteousness, right. not to oppress us or to, you know, defeat us again. If, if, if in his discipline, I die to not be present in this body is to be present with the Lord you know, Paul talks about that. That's sounds good in kind of this conversation. It's tougher when you leave a family behind and they have to wrestle through loss. That's very real. But to be able to look at it through a lens of God's eternal love, to look at what he did for the criminal on the cross in that moment, like that's his story is trying Mm -hmm. to redeem this thing. And so that we get a glimpse of it to practice now to live into eternity. Um, it's one that pursues it ones that it gives hope. It gives peace, right? Um, joy. We talked about that, um, you know, last week. So, but it's still 
not the easiest thing to do. Like you just mentioned, others than your family. And even sometimes in your family, you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> come on. Um, but we love them unconditionally. It seems as if today there are many organizations, many movements wanting to wave their banner. And they might uh, see an oppression. Mm-hmm. And uh, the oppression, I would say, is probably absolutely real and true. Um, but it's not love when all you're trying to do is, if you are oppressed, to just switch the roles and you become the oppressor. If you are the slave and you try to overthrow the master and then you become the master and they become the slave, that's not the right cycle of things. That's the hunger games. <laughs> you know, that's what that is. Um, to, to love is to really, uh, you know, abolish this tier system of top bottom. And then, you know, uh, Paul talks about, you know, that even if you are a slave, you know, you you live in a tough spot. But uh, can you imagine if people are saying that this is your enemy, Jesus, you know, the master is the enemy. Jesus says, love your enemy. And I think, does that change the enemy? No, I don't think so necessarily. But I mean, it changes us. And if we're transformed lives, then other people, I think, get to see transformation that God's doing because God is revealing Jesus and Jesus is revealing God. And so if we live that out, if we live love in a way that Jesus is showing and other people get to witness this, you know, for us to say that we are doing everything that Jesus commanded us, we, we're teaching people to observe everything that he commanded. Um, we're doing something worth observing, which is loving the unlovable. And I think there's where we begin to make a difference in this world and I think for our lives into eternity, because I'm pretty sure in eternity, we're still going to need to love. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Uh, you can be kicked out of heaven, uh, obviously, with, with Satan. Um, oh, that's an interesting point. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be share. another podcast. I'm, I'm certain you just coming up with episodes. You all, threw something out there. All over. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've always been confused about. Paul and the slave slave verses. Yeah. I'm not going there, but um, <laughs> I, yeah, I've never understood that. Anyway, you know, something you were talking about earlier about like when bad things happen, um, I believe when nine, after nine 11 happened and, you know, I don't know if you remember, but I'm sure you remember, but where I was in Arkansas, um, there was like about a two week, uh, period where everybody was so nice and so kind to each other and dare to say showed love. I mean, but really it put things in perspective. And then after that, it was like, oh, okay, well, we can go back to disliking each other because we're supposed to, uh, or they yeah. think we're supposed to. Uh, but if I remember correctly, there was um, there was an interview with Billy Graham and the, the reporter asked him, um, you know, how could God let this happen or allow this to happen? Or, you know, basically what you said, how can a loving God do this? And his response, and I'm paraphrasing, was something along the lines of, you know, we've tried to push God out of everything. And so when you push God out, 
you know, things like this happen. Um, and, you know, obviously with giving free will, we don't, we don't have to, yeah. we don't have to follow God. We don't have to love each other. Um, but there are, um, there are consequences obviously to that, you know, and, and to me, um, I think when we think that, and I think I've talked about this before, um, you know, where God says I'm the alpha and I'm the omega, um, that's, that's hard for me to fathom too, because you think before the universe was what was there, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, but you know, again, when you, I think when I think like that, I'm putting, I'm putting physical human constraints on an all knowing God. And that's impossible. I kind of think of the ant farm analogy. Like if I create an ant farm, then I control everything with that ant farm and I can control whether it has, you know, weather or whatever. Um, but God is so far above that. It's there's, there's things that happen pain wise and everything else. There's just, we're just not to understand because I think we try to put those types of constraints on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling there again, but I just think that's something we have to remember is that, you know, we're putting our own constraints when, you know, his, like it says, his ways are greater than our ways. And even though we don't understand them, I mean, there's there's a reason for it. I do, I know it's, you know, that that's going to be one of our Christian cliche uh, <laughs> episodes is, you know, everything happens for a reason. But, you know, I do feel that. I know that's not comforting uh, when you're going through something, but I do feel that there is a reason. I don't know why 9-11 happened. I don't know why COVID happened. Um but I know that God is in control and ultimately he loves us and he's got a plan for everything. So, yeah. And I, again, God knew COVID was coming before we knew. Right. Um, and I guess even with that though, it's like we have this opportunity to live out the greatest command. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are not doing that. People angry and, um, at their neighbor instead of loving them and, and their enemy becomes the greater. And, um, you know, you're not a Christian if you believe in this one thing, you know, but look at, again, I was mentioning about these societies, like, you know, to live with a closed fist or an open fist, you know, towards our neighbor, right. One is going to be aggressive, right. And the other one open hand, even, you know, uh, your, your, your dog understands that. Like, come here, you know, <laughs> open hand versus a closed hand and too many times we're living with a closed hand but this story of love this agape love uh i think it doesn't necessarily come natural it is of god it is from god for us and so we get to grow in this and um get to experience it now for all you know to to lean into eternity and um you know i definitely don't think you know this is not you know closing this up but it you know as we kind of come to the end, you know, John, uh, who shared the story about Jesus's encounter with Peter, you know, John three sixteen, right? God so loved the world. John talks about love, this agape, you know, immensely. He even um, speaks of it in his later uh, letters, uh, as he was the, you know, the uh, as, as stories go, you know, the the last living apostle, you know, and. Uh, people would gather around it. I guess tradition was that I heard, 
you know, everyone wanted to hear the Apostle John. You know, he was old, he was frail, he was going to die in this place. And so people would gather, what story is he going to tell? What's he going to share about Jesus? We want to hear from, from the Apostle John. And um, the way the tradition story goes, he would just sit there as everybody's gathered around and he would just say this, little children, love one another. And we see this because he writes in John chapter 4, 1 John, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 4. He says, uh, Be, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And no, um, sorry for, I'm sorry, let me read that over. Mm. I had a warning jump up on my screen and it blocked me out. <laughs> uh, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not know or does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Man, if you had just one Bible verse to kind of focus your whole Christian life start on, it wouldn't be, hey, let's figure out why, you know, Uzzah died. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Let's practice this. And, and in doing so, if we get just a glimpse of that, then people see God. Mm-hmm. And God, again, he is the one revealing Jesus and vice versa. So uh, such powerful um, words. And uh, I think for us to just kind of say, man, we really ought to look into this love thing because it's probably at the height of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Out of everything, love is the greatest of them all. So I really appreciate this uh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, obviously um, it's hard to fathom. I think it's important to remember, um, you know, we don't think we deserve it, but we have it. It's, you know, it's an eternal love that I I don't understand. I don't understand how, you know, kind of like the prodigal son, like you were talking about earlier, you know, if you continue to mess up sin over and over again, you know, if you can pray on that and stop and repent, I just think that makes God super happy. And, uh, even if we don't deserve it, you know, you do something a thousand times, um, you know, going to, I guess fixing your ways and and going uh, to God with it, I think is is what he wants. Uh, Ultimately, I think he wants, like you said earlier, he wants the relationship. And um, I just think that's important to remember that, you know, we just, we can't do anything um, that would stop him from loving us. It's it's amazing to me. So, and it it is amazing. And um, you know, that is, and again, I'm, I'm talking about relationship. I, 
cautious to say my personal relationship with Jesus because then it sort of seems like that's exclusive. Like right. I have that and you don't. And, uh, you know, so I, I really shy away from that because um, it's not just for me. It is for the whole world. And when we kind of use languages, it'd be like one child in my household saying, well, I have a personal relationship with my father, you know, and the other one's like, hello, like, what does that mean? Right. And and what that does then is it brings this for kids, siblings, you know, this tension that that's not any part of the father's story, not part of your story. It would not be definitely not part of God's story for us. What he wants us, you know, is just to understand relationship and that between us live that out fully with one another. And then that shows the father, I mean, very clearly. So uh, easy to talk about, challenge to do. Um, but if we are any place in this world today, um, we need love for one another. And uh, in the way that God shows it, this one that's always acting in the best interest of the thing the and unconditionally, um, the agape is something I wish we could start using in our English language so that we could understand whether or not someone, you know, was just thinking eros, you know, romantic love or erotic type love or friendship, you know, hey, I just want to be your friend. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be involved with what it takes to be always acting in your best interest. But as Jesus people, that's what he's calling us to. So dare I say good luck? Is that <laughs> <laughs> go forth in love? Uh, yeah, go forth in love. Aaron, so glad that you showed up to <laughs> hear, be a part of this. Um, this one was for you, Aaron. Yep. We, we do love you that uh, unconditionally that you jump in and listen to this uh, podcast as often as the one or two times that you have before. But uh and anybody else out there, if you're an Aaron and you're listening, we want to know your name so that we can give you highlights on the next uh, podcast. But uh, Joey, again, it's great. Uh, we're looking forward to a new year, 2020. Uh, that'll be season two. We'll switch it on the podcast when we went from season one to season, season two, two in 2021. And maybe, hopefully, a lot of things will be different. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And uh, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye, Aaron. Bye, Aaron.